Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 13, verses 44 to 50, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 44 to 50. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord. The parable of the treasure hidden in the field and the merchant man seeking fine pearls appear intended to convey one and the same lesson. They vary, no doubt, in one striking particular. The treasure was found by one who does not seem to have sought it. The pearl was found by one who was actually seeking pearls. But the conduct of the finders in both cases was precisely alike. Both sold all to make the thing they found their own property. And it is exactly at this point that the instruction of both parables agrees. These two parables are meant to teach us that men really convinced of the importance of salvation will give up everything to win Christ and eternal life. What was the conduct of the two men our Lord describes? The one was persuaded that there was a treasure hidden in a field which would amply repay him if he bought the field, however great the price that he might give. The other was persuaded that the pearl he had found was so immensely valuable that it would compensate him to purchase it at any cost. Both were convinced that they had found a thing of great value. Both were satisfied that it was worth a great present sacrifice to make this thing their own. Others might wonder at them. Others might think them foolish for paying such a sum of money for the field and pearl, but they knew what they were about. They were sure that they were making a good bargain. Behold in this single picture the conduct of a true Christian explained. He is what he is and does what he does in his religion because he is thoroughly persuaded that it is worthwhile. He comes out from the world. He puts off the old man. He forsakes the vain compassions of his past life. Like Matthew, he gives up everything and, like Paul, He counts all things as loss for the sake of Christ. And why? Because he is convinced that Christ will make amends to him for all he gives up. He sees in Christ an endless treasure. He sees in Christ a precious pearl. To win Christ, he will make any sacrifice. This is true faith. This is the stamp of a genuine work of the Holy Spirit. Behold in these two parables the real clue to the conduct of many unconverted people. 
They are what they are in religion because they are not fully persuaded that it is worthwhile to be different. They flinch from decision. They shrink from taking up the cross. They halt between two opinions. They will not commit themselves. They will not come forward boldly on the Lord's side. And why? Because they are not convinced that it will compensate them. They are not sure that the treasure is before them. They are not satisfied that the pearl is worth so great a price. They cannot yet make up their minds to sell all that they may win Christ. And so too often they perish everlastingly. When a man will venture nothing for Christ's sake, we must draw the sorrowful conclusion that he does not have the grace of God. The parable of the net let down into the sea has some points in common with that of the wheat and the tares. It is intended to instruct us on a most important subject, the true nature of the visible church of Christ. The preaching of the gospel was the letting down of a large net into the midst of the sea of this world. The professing church, which it was to gather together, was to be a mixed body. Within the folds of the net, there were to be fish of every kind, both good and bad. Within the pale of the church, there were to be Christians of various sorts, unconverted as well as converted, false as well as true. The separation of good and bad is sure to come at last, but not before the end of the world. Such was the account of the great master that he gave to his disciples of the church which they were to found. It is of utmost importance to have this lesson of this parable deeply engraved in our minds. There is hardly any point in Christianity on which greater mistakes exist than the nature of the visible church. There is none, perhaps, on which mistakes are so perilous to the soul. Let us learn from this parable that all congregations of professed Christians ought to be regarded as mixed bodies. They are all assemblies containing good fish and bad, converted and unconverted, children of God and children of the world, and ought to be described and addressed as such. To tell all baptized people that they are born again and have the Spirit and are members of Christ and are holy in the face of such a parable as this is utterly unwarrantable. Such a mode of address may flatter and please. It is not likely to profit or save. It is painfully calculated to promote self-righteousness and lull sinners to sleep, it overthrows the plain teaching of Christ and is ruinous to souls. Do we ever hear such doctrine? If we do, let us remember the net. And finally, let it be a settled principle with us never to be satisfied with mere outward church membership. We may be inside the net and not yet be in Christ. The waters of baptism are poured on myriads, who are never washed in the water of life. The bread and the wine are eaten and drunk by thousands at the Lord's table, who never feed on Christ by faith. Are we converted? Are we among the good fish? This is the grand question. It is one which must be answered at last. The net will soon be drawn to shore. The true character of every man's religion will at length be exposed. There will be an eternal separation between the good fish and the bad. There will be a furnace of fire for the wicked. Surely, as Baxter says, these plain words 
more need belief and consideration than exposition. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory.